Well, grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, uh, within our Lutheran church, we don't really talk uh, about Satan that often, do we? About the devil. I remember as a young man hanging out with some of my friends, being invited to a youth group of another denomination and having a, a, a nice time at that particular event. But then the youth pastor, he got up to speak, and he began to speak about how the, the devil was under that tree, and the devil was uh, under that rock, and the devil is in that stream. And I thought to myself, well, this is really weird, right? Because in, in, in my church, we, we don't even talk about him. And here in, in this other denomination, they're, they're saying, you know, that the devil is at every place. But dear friends, the Bible tells us actually that the devil is the one who comes to kill and to murder and to destroy. It is uh, the devil that is out there like a, a roaring lion going about freely seeking whom he may devour. In fact, it, it's even the, the devil that puts weeds in our field. You may recall the simple parable that Jesus told about the farmer who planted good seed in his field. And then later on, his men gathered around him and they said, well, there, there's weeds everywhere. What happened? And the farmer said, well, it was the enemy who came and planted these weeds. You see, the, the fact of the matter is that since the fall of Adam and Eve, the devil is able to do things in our world. The Bible actually says, right, as I began, he is the one who comes to kill and to murder and to destroy. But have you ever been put in, in that position if, if any of those things that have happened to you? Where a, a well-meaning loved one came and, and said, oh, you know, God has a plan. Oh, you know, God's working behind the, the scenes. He certainly had, had some, you know, uh, something in, in mind when, when this happened to you. But if you went through that series of events, how, how did that make you feel? If God killed my loved one, but it's somehow part of a master plan, if God murdered one of my loved ones, even it's somehow part of his plan behind the scenes. If God you know, destroyed my barn, my property, if somehow that was God's intention, how does that make you feel, really, if that really was the case? You would say, well, I don't know if I want to go to church this weekend. I don't know if I if I want to be friends with that guy anymore. You know, if that guy somehow laid some cancer on me to improve my you know well being somehow over time, right? If God came and gave me a heart attack, so it was like a wake up call. You know, I I don't know if I like that God. Uh, very well that that guy came and planted weeds in my field when I thought that I had planted perfectly good seed. You see, again, we go back to that scripture. The Bible actually tells us it is the devil. It is Satan who comes to kill and murder and destroy. 
some of you in, in your lifetime, right, you have had close loved ones that have been killed. Right? There are tragic accidents. There, there are things that would happen. You maybe have a, a niece or a, a nephew, an aunt or an uncle, you know, someone close in your heart. There is something happened. That person was uh, killed. And you want to know, how did that happen? Why is that affecting my life? It, uh, just uh, God made some random decision. He decided to you know, kill my loved one, and, and my loved one is dead, and now I go to the funeral, and somehow part of God's master plan, I just have to kind of get by. That. No, right? The Bible says it, it is the devil. Who kills? I, I don't know if any one of you ha have had a close loved one murdered. I went, when I was serving over in North Dakota and I had a, a vacancy over there, there, there was actually a member that was murdered in that church. And we had to walk together through that terrible, horrific event. There's a, a, a young gal in her early 20s, right? Her, her life just taken. And we have to be able to try to go into the lives of our friends and our neighbors in the most impossible types of circumstances. We have to be able to give some kind of reassurance, not simply to say, oh, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, God is working it out. My loved one got murdered. What do you mean God's working it out? No, we have to be able to go to the root cause, don't we? And the root cause is the devil. The devil is the one who comes, as the Bible said, to kill, to murder, to destroy. We've all suffered some kind of destruction, probably, in our lives. You know, the, the time it hailed on the car that you really liked it, and you know, couldn't get all the dents out. The time the tree maybe fell on your garage, maybe your barn was uh, taken down by some kind of events, a terrible storm, right? We go through destruction and maybe stand there looking at, at that, that possession that we work hard for, um, that we put some of our own uh, skill into creating, and we say, man, I miss my barn. I really like that car. Right? I feel bad. We're feeling upset. And we need to be able to point people to the true cause. It is the devil who comes to kill and to murder and to destroy. Right? Yeah, he's out there. Yeah, he's able to accomplish things in our lives that hurt us. It's because of the sin of Adam and Eve. Satan was able to enter the world. He's able to have power here. But, you know, dear friends, the Bible tells the truth, doesn't it? We all have sinned. We all have fallen short. Right? Even if Adam and Eve had not sinned, still we have sinned. And so things that are bad happen to us. And where do we go from there? Well, you know, again, first... Of all, we have to understand it wasn't God that did it to our friends and neighbors. It wasn't God that did it to me. It wasn't some master plan that I just can't understand, but rather the devil hurt me. 
So now I'm there. I'm at that place that the devil has done damage in my life. He's injured me in some way. And where do I turn? I turn to God, don't I? Because God is the one who can comfort us. God is the one who can lift us up again. God is the one whose promises, right, we now want to be able to share with our friends and our neighbors. You see, God says he loves us so very much. God says he has good plans for us. God says he wants to carry us through the hard times. God says, of course, in the 23rd Psalm, right? You're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, right? Your loved one has been killed or murdered, right? That's where you are, the valley of the shadow of death. And he is right there with me. And his rod and his staff, they comfort me. Again, in the 23rd Psalm, you know, I'm, I'm sitting down to a meal surrounded by my enemies. And you anoint my head with oil and my cup is overflowing. Right, you, you and I maybe have never been there, although maybe you have. Where you had to sit down at a table and you knew you were surrounded by enemies, right? People that hated you. They wanted you out of the community. They wanted you out of the, the church. They wanted to just get rid of you. And they were seated there. And yet the Lord was with you. And he was present. And he comforted you. And he carried you through that hard time. You see, God is for us. God wants good things in our lives. God wants to be able to comfort us when we're down. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with, with, with being depressed at times. There's not anything wrong with, with being sad at times. And when we experience hardships, there, there's nothing wrong with us having you know, negative so-called emotion. But what I am saying right, is when you want to start to get back up again, Right, we need to be able to share this understanding. It's Satan that hurts us, and it's God that comes and picks us up again. Because right? he loves us. Because he wants good things. Because he is always for us, you see. Uh, the second point that we want to be able to get to today is kind of that idea that the world has made us believe we're just kind of cogs in a machine, right? Maybe you had an employer at, at some point and you're having a bad day and you kind of muffed a few things at work and the employer came to you and, and said, you know what, there's 20 applications of people that want this job. You better shape up and start doing it. It's that idea that you're replaceable. It's that idea you're just a cog and you better you know, have the right shape and you better spin like you're supposed to and you better keep the machine rolling forward or you know, we're just going to kind of get rid of you. And then that idea kind of became enforced by evolution, didn't it? Because then we started to learn that we're just all kind of here by accident. You know, so our millions and billions of years of 
happy accidents taking place. Somehow you and I came from like an ape-like creature and we were able to stand up more straight. You know, although some of us are kind of shrinking down again, you know, pretty soon I'll be walking on all fours at this rate again. But that idea that we are just accidents, that we are just cogs, and, and we're easily replaceable. We can just find someone else to do it. Now, thinking about evolution, you know, I shared with you a, a few months ago the example of the, the woodpecker and, and how it was you know, has special features that could not have evolved. And I want to talk uh, briefly today about just the, the giraffe. You know, the, the giraffe, of course, is long and tall, and it has that, that long, tall neck, you know, and uh, you wonder how does the blood supply get up to the brain of the giraffe? Well, because it has this massive heart, right? This oh, kaboom, kaboom. This massive heart is able to propel the blood all the way up to the, the brain of the giraffe. But have you ever thought about what happens when the giraffe bends down to get a drink of water? Right? It walks up to the stream and it bends its head way down. What happens then? Right? If its massive heart goes kaboom, what, wouldn't its brain just kind of explode? Right? Wouldn't the, the arteries or the little capillaries in, in the brain itself, you know, wouldn't they just kind of rupture? Well, the, the giraffe has a special feature, right? There's like a, a little flap in the the arteries um, going to the brain that, that slam shut when the giraffe drops its head. And so the, the giraffe bends its head down to go and get a, a drink of water, right? And, and the massive heart goes kaboom, but it, it can't, you know, puncture anything that's in the brain of the giraffe. If that valve wasn't there, the giraffe would die the first time it tried to get a drink of water out of the stream. Now, you, you, you might think, well, the, the next step, well, how does it not just pass out, right? You know, the, the valve, you know, to my brain closes off. I, I think, you know, I pass out within just a, a few minutes. How does the, the giraffe not just pass out? Well, it has special, you know, sponge-like things within its skull that absorb extra blood. So when the giraffe bends down to get a drink of water and the valve slams shut to, to keep its brain from exploding, it still has extra oxygenated blood that can feed its brain so it doesn't pass out. And I think about it, if neither of these two features existed, right? You know, the, the giraffe has somehow evolved. This new giraffe is born and it grows really tall. And the first time it goes to get a, a drink of water when it, it's, you know, an adolescent or adult, Right, you know, it, it, its head explodes. It's dead. Right? It, it can't reproduce. It, it can't make the the next thing in the evolutionary, you know, building blocks theory. It's dead. And on the other hand, if it didn't have the sponge-like material in its skull, right, the first time it goes to take a drink of water, right, it passes out and it drowns. I right, you know you, you have your head in a bucket of water, right? You pass out, your head's underwater, and you're gone. That's it. Just another example of how God made things perfect to start with. It wasn't just a series of happy accidents taking place, but rather our Lord God cared so much that he made the giraffe in this special way 
so it could live and move and have its being. It was created fully formed. And what furthermore, the Bible tells us in the Gospel of John, it was through Jesus Christ our Lord that all things were made. God spoke the command. Jesus, using his creativity, his talents, made the things that God spoke the word for. Everything that we see made by Christ himself. That's how much God cares. And that's how much God loves people. We're not just cogs in a machine. We're not just here by some happy accident. But rather, God even says he knit us together in our mother's womb. That's the care that God has for us. He loves us. He wants good things for us. He designed us to be who we are. He cares that much. You know, sometimes we run into people that are, are struggling, perhaps with their employment, right? You know, sometimes they, they have jobs that are just hard and difficult. Uh, for for myself, I, I worked in a, a factory for a, a few months. Right, it, it was at a, a time you know I, I had my master's degree and I'd served as a pastor for uh, fourteen years, and and you know it, it just was difficult for me to leave that and, and go to work in a factory. And uh, the the particular job that that I had, I can remember my my forearms used to swell every night when I was working and I get to like about six hours I could do okay and then you know my forearms would start swelling and, and by the end of my shift I couldn't even move my fingers and so I'm just like pinching you know boxes together with my forearms and moving them around because my hands just weren't working and I, I got to, I was miserable right I was unhappy I, I was not fun to be around And furthermore, then at the plant that I was working at, they came out with this policy that everyone must smile all the time. And I was just like, well, that's so fake, right? I have to walk around and smile on my face. My arms are killing me, but I know it's so good to be here. I'm so happy. This is is so much fun. I I wasn't having fun. So I, I painted the picture. I, I, I wanted, you know, some, something authentic, and, and, and I wanted, you know, so, something better. But at that time, I, I noticed that there was a, a young uh, gal, and, and she was working as a janitor in, in the factory. And you know, it, it wasn't like a, a position that was any better than mine. And maybe I, I would even have thought at the time, you know, I, I maybe have a better job than she does. She, she's, you know, the, the janitor. And she she was seemed you know genuinely happy. She wasn't just smiling because you know the management said, "Oh, we have to smile." Um, but you know she seemed to be able to enjoy uh, what she was doing. And I I asked her, you know, what kind of you know what what is the secret? Because here I am miserable, you know, and and you seem to be able to enjoy you know 
your work. But what is the secret? And and she said to me, you know, if I went around about my, my duties, you know, thinking it, it was just a chore to get through, I, I, my, my life wouldn't, wouldn't be that good. But I believe, right, that I am the only one that can do this job in the way that I do it. Maybe I should say that again. I am the only one that can do this job in the way that I do it. That's the opposite of being just a cog in the machine, isn't it? And that's the opposite of just being here by some happy accident. But rather, no matter where you or I are at, right, we can adopt that attitude. Once again, because right, we have the knowledge, God says we're special, and he loves us very much. Well, okay, some of you, you know, you watch the Veggie Tales, right, with your kids, your grandkids. And you know, that, that's a line from Veggie Tales, right? But it, it doesn't make it less true, does it? God knows you're special, and he loves you very much. Okay, now, if I'm going about a difficult occupation, even if I'm a a janitor in a factory, if I know that God loves me, if I know that I'm special, if I know that I am the only one that can do this job in the way that I'm doing it, you see, then I can put part of myself into my work again, right? And then I can make something that is unique, uh, something a little bit different, something that gets noticed. I, again, I, I tell you, right, the, the reason I, I noticed this particular person, right, they, they seem so much happier than I was. And they're doing work that doesn't seem that, that significant, perhaps. Yeah, you know, this young lady, she could go into the executive lounge, you know, and she could, you know, throw out the the tablecloth over the table and she could smooth out the wrinkles and she could make sure that, you know, each of the edges were equal distant, you know, from the top. And she could take pride in her work, even though perhaps to you and me, it doesn't seem all that incredible. But she could find joy. And that. So no matter where we are, no matter what we're going through, we have those ideas to be able to share, don't we? And maybe you have a a nephew, a a niece, a grandson, a granddaughter. They're they're just kind of grinding through their job. They're working as a janitor someplace, right? They're, They're working in a factory somewhere. And to be able to go to them and say, right, you are unique. You are the only one that can do your job in the way that you do it. You are special. God loves you. God has good plans for you. God wants to lift you up. Even if you're down, even if you're depressed, God cares. That lets us really go into any kind of situation, doesn't it? 
someone whose loved one has been killed in a tragic accident. And we can say, you know what? I'm sorry the devil hurt you in this way. But God loves you. He wants to take you through this. He wants to walk with you. You are special. You are loved. You are the only one who can do the thing that you're doing in the way that you do it. You're the only one. You're not a car. You're not an accident. You're someone created by God. And he cares. And he loves. And he'll lift you up once again. Amen. Now may the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen.